Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. What's up, Nuggets fans? It's your host of the Chicken Nuggets, Jenna Garcia, back with you for another episode. And this time, I'm here with Riley. What's up, Riley? What's up? Hey, it's these late games kill me. I'm a grandma. <laughs> yeah, apparently. You're just fresh out of college, and you can't stay up past midnight out there? What's up? I know. It's wild, but... I, I'm just love I love sleep more than anything <laughs> more than Nuggets basketball oh I try I really do I always have it on the tv and then like midnight hits and like I just start dozing away yeah I feel you well you wouldn't have it wouldn't have hurt my feelings if you had dozed off in this fourth quarter the Nuggets drop it <laughs> to Phoenix game one they went in as five-point underdogs, and I thought that was a little bit of di- disrespectful, but then Phoenix came out and just had their way with them in the third quarter. Again, always the third quarter with this team. Yeah, um, once once they went on a run, that was pretty much it. Uh, I felt like Jokic really needed to step up in that moment, but at the same time, I got to give credit to – the Phoenix Sun fans because they were electric. They were loud. They they were a game changer. I mean, they really were the sixth man out there. Um that was the best that was the best crowd I've seen so far in the playoffs by far. Yeah, because they're in Phoenix where they clearly don't care about masks or vac- vaccinations. They're just filled up that arena like it well, they never got to get on board. It could cost him a series. Gotta no. get on board. It is actually kind of ridiculous, the fact that the Nuggets are in the second round of the playoffs. They were in the playoffs last season in the second round, and nobody got to watch them. on Like, on TV, you cannot watch the Nuggets on TV if you live in Denver. And they're still, for another full entire playoff series, also not available to watch on TV in Denver. Unless, of course, they're on TNT, like they were tonight. Um, But, yeah, it was a pretty sad, sad second quarter. Jokic absolutely should have stepped up, but he he was trying to. He was, it was like one of the first games I really seen him actually struggle to make a basket. Like, he was missing bunnies that he never misses. He he looked, he looked tired. Um, I thought, I don't know if, like, the weight really weighed in this game or something. But I will say he looked tired in that second half. Nah, I don't think he was tired. 
I think it because well, Malone did say earlier today that like Jokic prefers to play every other day. He likes the rhythm of play a day, rest a day, play a day, rest a day. And they had right. four days off before this game. So I don't know if that threw him off. But interestingly enough, in the Portland series first round, um, they he dropped the exact same – the same thing happened. He lo- lost the first quarter. In this game, they tie the first quarter, win the second quarter, lose the third, lose the fourth, lose the game. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be that. Um, I feel like – Maybe his rhythm was just off because he's had a, a decent break. But um, it was really a shame because the first half, I really felt like they played so incredibly well. Um, I just think at the end of the day, um, in order for the Nuggets to have a chance in this series, Jokic is going to have to average a double-double at 30. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you would have told me going in tonight that DeAndre Ayton was going to end up with the double-double, not Jokic, I probably would have laughed. Right? Yeah. Well, I know DeAndre Ayton has Jokic's respect. He thinks that he's a pretty good player, and he has given him some trouble over the course of the regular season. But this is one of the – like, if you look at how many games Nicola has a double double in this season, it's almost every game. So the fact that he didn't get one tonight actually kind of – proves the point that Aiton is able to guard him really well or actually does give him quite a bit of trouble. But at the same time... We even said that Aiton is, is the person he thinks guards him the best in the whole league. Right. Right, which is like a pretty... pretty. I mean, obviously he does. He did a pretty good job tonight, but Jokic didn't get a single free throw. Zero free throws. Uh. You gotta be kidding. Well, I I did think the the refs let him play a little bit more tonight than what we've seen previously in in the playoffs. But you know, to me, yes, he didn't get some of those calls that we wish he would have. But that's I feel like that's part of that home court advantage, and that was definitely played in. I feel like tonight. Home court advantage, the Nugget, the Suns shot 20 free throws. The Nuggets shot six as a team. That's what I'm saying. That's not you home get court more advantage. calls when that's you're at home. Still, like paying off the refs. That's not home court advantage. I feel like that happens so much in the playoffs, though, at home games. I don't know. That's a really huge free throw disparity. you got to believe that um, – Nicole is going to say, or Malone will say something about it post-game probably, although he probably doesn't want to get fined. But, yeah, the Nuggets go five for six from the free throw line. Uh, Phoenix, who's a pretty good free throw shooting team, also with Chris Paul leading the league in free throws, uh, shot 17 of 20, but way more attempts, way more opportunities to capitalize on that. It just sucks when you see refs, like, interfere that much with the outcome of a game. I mean, yes and no. Um, I rarely will will put the refs at blame. I think that I think the Nuggets just kind of after that run, it was it was just kind of over in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They just couldn't make a bucket. And up to the third quarter or at the beginning of the third quarter up to then, um, I felt like the defense was just so solid. And uh, the Suns figured something out, um, how to break down that defense a little bit. Um, And I think that was the difference maker, whatever was the adjustments at halftime. um, Because Aaron Gordon was playing incredible defense on Booker tonight. Overall, really, the whole game, I felt like he played very, very solid defense. Um, But, you know, the, the veteran Chris Paul was really the difference in this game for me. It was he uh, he. Normal to me when he goes in the playoffs, I feel like he chokes. But this game, he really stepped up in the moment that he needed to and uh, put this team on his back. And to me, that was that was just the difference, the veteran and Chris Paul. Yeah, no, he hit some big shots, but I mean, the third quarter, it wasn't until he sat that the the Suns were able to go on that big run, and that's what kept them alive in this game, and even kept the Nuggets out of it was that third quarter run. So. Um, I know, I mean, he did come in big in the fourth, but it was a lot more of, I mean, the third that, and he, he was on the bench during that run. Um, the third quarter doesn't really look all that different for either team. It's just that the Suns made a few more of their attempts, right? They made four three-point attempts. The Nuggets made three. They, they made seven two-point attempts. The Nuggets made four. So they just made more baskets and they went to the line more and made five free throws. Uh, the, the Nuggets got zero free throws in the entire fourth quarter. I don't care what you have to say. That's ridiculous. It's not, that's, it's definitely not okay. Like that's gotta be fixed. They shot one in the second and zero in the fourth. You gotta be kidding me. So, I mean, obviously that is a part of this game, but it, you got to give credit to Chris Paul. Yes, he played a good playoff game for once in his life. I'm so proud of him. DeAndre Ayton, too, played pretty good. Zero assists from him, from Ayton. But I thought it was Mikael Bridges who was the difference maker. You can't, you won't, you don't win this game by, what, 20 points, 18 points, 17 points. Mikael had 23 but of his own, and you don't count on Mikael to get 23 of his own. He only averaged nine points in the first round series against the Lakers. Yeah, he he played a huge role as well as Payne for the Suns. Uh, in that third quarter, he made some big buckets and big plays for them. So those two guys were definitely the difference maker because um, Booker was pretty locked up for most of the night by Gordon. Um, so those guys came in and really played a huge part for the Suns and created – that run in the third but um it it's a I don't know it's an interesting series I'm kind of I'm pretty fascinated by it just because you have Aiton who guards Jokic the best um but with Aaron Gordon on the team being able to lock up Booker do we think Mikel Bridges is and uh and Payne Cameron Payne are going to be able to keep this consistent play I don't think so but um we also know Jokic is gonna come out and play a better game than that yeah it was absolutely not Jokic's best game 22 9 and 3 for Yoke but um it looks like Malone 
just said in the post-game press conference that MPJ might have tweaked his back as well, which, um, oh, yeah, just before um, halftime, it looks like. So that did affect the outcome of the game, too. He had 15 points, which isn't too bad, but obviously you could expect more like 23, 25 points from MPJ uh, than the 15. So hopefully they make some some adjustments. I thought um, Aaron Gordon was great tonight. I thought he played great defense. He also hit the over 20 and a half points, rebounds, and assists that I suggested everyone take and bet. So that was awesome. But of course, I also rode the Suns for that third quarter, which was nice for my wallet, at least. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it looks like MPJ was averaging 20 points in that first round series. So you absolutely hope to get more from him. It's going to be really interesting. One of the big factors, too, was Torrey Craig being on the Suns this year. He played for the Nuggets last season, and he supposedly told everyone on the yeah. Suns how to play defense. But let me tell you something about Torrey Craig. One, he's a really nice guy. I have nothing mean to say about him. But the next thing I'm going to say is kind of mean about him. And that's... <laughs> So you have nothing mean personally to say about him. I personally think nothing mean about Tory Craig. He's a fine human being. However, mm -hmm. I know for a fact that he was not considered the brightest bulb in, in, on the team last year. He was not, like, even if he told the Suns everything he knows about the Nuggets team and scheme and, and stuff, you saw countless times last season when Nikola Jokic was frustrated with him because he didn't know where he was supposed to be. He wasn't in the dunker when he was supposed to be in the dunker spot. He, he's not the most, he's not a Nikola Jokic. He's not a basketball mind. He's not a point guard. He doesn't see the floor great. He had a couple good threes, but I don't think it's going to be a big deal that he told the Suns about the Nuggets schemes or anything like that. I don't think it's a big factor or big swing in the Suns' favor. It's going to be a great series, maybe even like the closest thing to a championship series that we see this this season. Yeah, that's why I said it's super fascinating because I think these games could be totally different every every game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it go seven games. Um, you know, I uh, I don't know if Chris Paul will consistently put up points in the 20s. But I also know that Devin Booker has better games than this as well. Yeah. Um, but tonight we see we see the true value of Aaron Gordon. Like his value, I saw a tweet and it just perfectly sums up Aaron Gordon on the Nuggets. And it's Aaron Gordon's value to the Nuggets is not in the box scores. Yeah. It's just not. And it's just so valuable. And I'm just. I mean, this is just where it was a game changer, and this is why we got him. So we had a guy like him to come in and guard a guy like Devin Booker. Yeah, he holds Booker to um, just 21 points, eight assists, four rebounds. But, it I mean, it seemed like it was even less than that. Booker definitely didn't have that kind of electricity yeah. that he brings to the game. He had garbage points in the fourth. Yeah. Yeah, um, I remember two of them. So, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. There's players that played way better than they they would normally play, and there's players that didn't play up to expectations. Um, I I just genuinely believe the crowd played a huge part. 
it was it affected the game so i mean i mean i'll have we'd have to ask them if it played a huge part personally which they're always going to say no but i also just think like it's crazy that it was that close of a game when they're missing jamal murray because in the regular season these two teams only matched up prior to the jamal murray injury and prior to the aaron gordon trade and in those games, they were also super close going into over two of them went into overtime. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the team like adjusts from here on out. But what did you think of uh, Compazzo and Rivers game tonight? Uh, Compazzo, I was I was happy with. Um, I still love his aggressiveness on defense. One thing that I noticed, I just don't understand why he hasn't watched film and realized he does this and needs to work on is I don't mind him getting his hands in there and being super aggressive because it does create a lot of turnovers and things like that. But when a player is driving to the hoop and they are going in the motion to go in there and reach at his height, nine times out of 10, it's going to be a foul. And that player has a pretty good chance to make an and one. Yeah. Um, that's one thing is we're going to, I totally get it when they're dribbling because they're low and they're closer to the same height. But right. when, a, when a player is fully extending, going up for a layup, he can't reach his hands in there. He just can't. It's a foul most of the time. Um, yeah. Austin Rivers kind of bothered me tonight. Um. I felt like he can't, he like would check it in the game and feel like this pressure to like score some points when he had no, no situation to score points. Um, That's really the, the, the guy that I thought really came in and made a difference was Jamichael. Yeah. Um, he all around defense and offensively, he played a great all around game. And that was, that was my guy off the bench that, or my guy that's not a star that really played a, played a big role so yeah no Jermichael Green had 10 points 11 rebounds and one assist in just 23 minutes I'd I would guess that you would you'll see a lot of him in this series just because of his size he can really take advantage and the Suns are pretty pretty big down low so um it's kind of weird for me that even that Composo even was able to play in the regular season Composo could not score against this team he could not get a bucket. He was barely, he was also not playing big minutes. So, um, and obviously he found his shot and, and with more time, you know, he's, he's gotten a little bit better, but he was a minus 14 and your guy, Austin Rivers was zero, not a plus minus zero. So hating okay. on Austin Rivers, cause he came in the game. I thought the opposite that you thought, I felt like Rivers come, come, came in the game. He wasn't terrible. He played pretty good defense though. But Compazzo, like, even in the fourth when Jokic was still in the game, why are you taking that three-pointer? Why aren't you rotating the ball to Jokic? Why isn't Jokic the ball in Jokic's hand? I don't care if he's cold. He still has a more likely chance of hitting a shot than, than Faku does. And it, Faku chucked a three, and it didn't go in. And it's like, yeah, had it gone in, it would have been a different story. Sure, you won't be so upset with him. But it's like they were down at that point by, like, 12 or – 18 and they really didn't have time to spare for him to be take jacking shots like 
that stuff annoys me about Faku. Uh, kind of like you think Austin was coming in with pressure to play and pressure to shoot. I felt like Faku came in with pressure to shoot in that fourth quarter. He wanted to get the ball up there and there was pressure to shoot. Just it shouldn't be in his hands to do that. It should be in Nicola's hands. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, and I remember this specific three that I think you're talking about. Um, but my difference with those two guys is Faku still looks for Jokic and still looks for cutters first, um, and then he looks for the shot. Austin Rivers, like, goes into, like, three defenders and expects to, like, get a decent shot. And the Austin Rivers that I've seen thus far with the Nuggets has been a different Austin Rivers than I'm used to seeing and more of, like, a selfless kind of player and kind of just, like, I mean, I know my role, but I felt like this game, it was, uh, it was a little different. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Faku still looks to to pass first and he had a couple really good passes in this game a couple really good assists (sighs) it sucks that they couldn't hold it a little bit closer because of course now they're gonna have all this criticism there's already a Aiden with the flush over MPJ from ESPN in my notifications Um, and a Suns pull away from the Nuggets Devin Booker among four Phoenix players with at least 20 points in blah, blah, blah. It's so annoying. It just adds to the narrative that, like, nobody cares about the Nuggets and um, they no- nobody expects them to ever do anything. Uh, do you think that this game affects the Nuggets moving forward or you think they kind of wipe their slate clean, move on to the next? Yeah, I think, uh, well, going back to the Nuggets thing, I feel like the commentators did a great job of, giving the Nuggets a lot of credit and recognizing um, their game throughout the game tonight. So um, I think it was Marv, Albert, and Reggie going tonight. Um, I thought they both were very good on the call. Um, But second, uh, I don't think it's going to affect them the next game. Um, The Nuggets are, are fighters more than anything, probably more than any other team in the league this whole season um and they're very good at erasing the whiteboard and starting fresh for the next game I I really believe this is just going to come down to teams are just gonna the Suns are gonna win their games at home and the the Nuggets are gonna win their games at home Hmm. so you have the Suns taking game two in in Phoenix on Wednesday I do but I think it'll be close and then I have Nuggets winning three and four Interesting. So you got it going down to seven? I have it going down to seven. A lot of people have nuggets in six, right? A lot. I would I would agree with that statement if Jamal was playing. Yeah. It would be a, such a different series. And you have to, like, remember the, the rivalry between Jamal and Booker, too, would have been so much fun to watch just because mm-hmm. they're both out of Kentucky and both just – you know, I, I believe it was Booker who was drafted higher than Jamal and Jamal's like annoyed by that. And he thinks he's as good as Booker or whatever. I think draft order really doesn't matter at all, except for in how, what salary bonus you you qualify for. But um, I think if, if Jamal Murray were here, obviously it would be a different series. I don't think it would have, I mean, 
if Jamal Murray were here, we all thought it was championship or bust, you know? Right. So it would, it's totally different. Now, I think this could potentially be the toughest matchup for the Nuggets in their road to a championship or at least to the finals. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have, you have the best uh, defender on the MVP. So this has got to be the toughest series. Um, the Suns match up with the Nuggets the best. So I feel like if they got if they get past the Suns, I mean up to the finals, then the ceiling is the roof, as MJ would say it. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this will be a tough, tough series, I think, for the Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, I just really I just believe in the Nuggets fight because we see it so much. So to go against the fight, it's it's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. It and you just have to have like some serious hope for like there is so much hope in that that team, right? Like they really don't hold on to the bad. They never get too high. They never get too low. They they kind of march at the beat of Nikola Jokic's drum, which is very even keeled and relaxed about things. Although he would say, you know, he's the one who gets the most angry with everyone on the team when they make mistakes. Uh, but only for a second, in his words, <laughs> he said that the other day, only for a second, and then he's fine. <laughs> um, I think the rhythm of getting back into playing a game off a day on, you know, play a game, day off, play a game, day off will help Jokic as well. I think they probably steal one in Phoenix. I hope they steal one in Phoenix. Um, I think that's the best case scenario. You want to get at least split the first two. Uh but like you said, it's a tough matchup for Denver. Aiton gave Jokic a hard time. Um, but more than anything, I just thought Jokic was just off. Like his shots that he always makes were rolled around the rim and then rolled out. And it's like usually he gets that roll. So I don't think it's something to really worry about all that much or for Nuggets fans to go into crisis over. Although if you're on Nuggets Twitter, you probably already seen that a lot of people have. The NBA world is the king of overreacting. So I would stay off Twitter tonight as a Nugget fan. And also, you got to think, um, this is probably like top five worst game of the season for Jokic. Right. Like the only, the only way to go is up. And this is one of the smartest basketball players in the NBA. He's going to figure it out. He'll be fine. Yeah. Luckily, he has a pretty good team around him as well. Coach Malone finishing seventh in the coaches' rankings. What'd you I think? I thought that was a little disrespectful. Really? I did, actually. Um, I thought he'd be in the top four because, you know, this guy's dealt with so much, and he finished third in the, in the West. That just says a lot. To yeah. me, it says a lot. And I know it was only half the season that when he lost Jamal, but like still they're the only team still in the playoffs from last year. Right. And it's like he didn't go through struggles last year. He didn't have Will Barton. He didn't have Gary Harris. He he struggled last year. Yeah. And uh honestly I give Coach Malone a lot of credit. Um the fight from this team comes from your leader. And that obviously comes from Coach Malone, I think. I think he heads it, and um, I think he just deserved a lot better than seventh. Did you, did you like how Doc Rivers was, like, 
third or fourth or something. Two votes as first best coach in the NBA. I was laughing. It, it's pretty comical, especially because they're about to get knocked out by Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, that series is actually really fun. I definitely would take Atlanta in it. I think Atlanta is playing amazing. I thought, in fact, that um, McMillan probably, for me personally, I think he should have won. Tibbs has, I mean, Atlanta does, okay, so they have Trey Young. That's the same as you could say RJ, well, the hopes of what RJ Barrett will be. Um, but they do have uh, Randall, who played played a very good season, you know. Like, everyone is like, oh, that the reason Tibbs won is because he had the least amount of talent and he did the most with it. But I would say that McMillan has not a lot of talent. I mean, he does have talented players. Don't get me wrong. Trey Young is a beast. Um, but he's doing a lot with a little bit over there in Atlanta, doing way more than expected. Yeah, I, I can agree. I also thought Monte, um, Monty Williams should have, in my opinion, he should have won. Um, yeah. Just because I just love, I love Monty Williams. And I feel like he's been through just personal in life. I just feel like to, to come back and lead this team to the top of the West, like it's just a remarkable, remarkable story just in sports. So um, that was my guy, but of course they're going to choose the Knicks because they finally did something. So, right. Big market. <laughs> yeah. Big market. Much. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's really what it came down to for me. Um, Thibodeau was, uh, I think he was third on my list. So, yeah, I definitely had Monty up there too. For me, it was Atlanta, then the Suns coach Monty, and then probably Tibbs, but eh. I could even, you know, and then probably Coach Malone, if not in the top three for me too, because he has been through so much without, without so many players. It's hard to, to focus on just one season because it has the bubble season feels like it's connected to this season in a weird way. But um, I do think like he's well respected. I'm glad that he was at least on the list. I think Doc Rivers being above him was the most disrespectful part because it's just comical at this point. I don't understand it. Like why? Because he has a name that everyone knows. Like yeah, that's exactly what it is. Actually, pictures, it's so annoying. It's it's comical. Philly just gets on my nerves. To be honest. Um, They just yeah. me everything from Doc Rivers to Ben Simmons to just Philly. <laughs> we have you on the Philly hater train because at first part of the season you were trying to convince me not to be such a hater on Philly. Yeah, because I thought you know a guy named Ben Simmons would like practice. <laughs> he doesn't want to shoot threes because he will knows he's not good at them. Yes, it's called practice. We saw a guy like this once upon a time. His name was LeBron James. And guess what he did? He worked and he worked and he worked and he didn't he wasn't gonna stop until he could nail three. And now he's what? Like in the top ten all time? 
right? It actually is kind of like to to know that Ben Simmons doesn't want to shoot a three because he doesn't want to look bad, basically. It shows you exactly where his ceiling is. And it's exactly, exactly. what he's now because Dude, not even like if you're gonna okay, if let's, you're gonna fail. Let's just take a baby step here. How about just making like 50% of your free throws? Yeah. This guy's the point guard of your team. <laughs> and he can't knock down a free throw. Did you have to shack this man all game? Did you see that missed throw late in the game against Atlanta in game one? And then he claimed that uh he missed it on purpose so that and could put it back in for the three-point play i was like that is that's the biggest bullshit you can't say that when you shoot under 50 percent in the playoffs <laughs> right you can't if steph curry said that i'd be like yeah that's probably true <laughs> right ben simmons uh, is to me just the biggest joke of the nba i can't take it and I just can't wait to see them be bounced by Atlanta, a team that wasn't even in the playoffs last year. Right. Not even supposed to be in the in the conversation. Um, yeah. Coach Malone says that they played soft tonight. Jamichael Green says he's embarrassed. They absolutely played soft. After a great night for Jamichael. So they'll definitely come out stronger, harder. I think you'll see a lot more Jamichael Green in game two. You might even see him swing into the starting lineup just for the sake of throwing something different at the Suns and mixing it up. I think the thing that the Nuggets have most running in their favor is the diversity of their lineups. But the thing is that Phoenix has that exact same thing going in their favor. They are really diverse as well. You don't see as much uh, Dario Sarge and all that because those lineups, the small ball lineups that Phoenix put out earlier on, in this season were really successful and we didn't see any of that in the first round series. So these two teams might be the best matchup we see in the entire rest of the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that statement. It's a great matchup. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to rewind a little bit and go back to when I was in Denver and you were just determined to convince me that, Portland was our rival and I strongly believe that it's the Suns oh my gosh first of all Portland is Denver's rival did you not see all those rivalry all that hatred between these two teams but that would require Portland to have like won something against Denver or like actually be a threat to go to the Western Conference Finals in game yeah, but seven. I it, what was that 2015 19 two years ago the year before the bubble i don't know man the suns are a better matchup i think they'll be the rival going forward i hope so yeah um, portland's gonna get dis in like they're totally breaking up they the, portland you know cj oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. out of there you know that they have to go in a different direction now they've gone too many years in a row with terry stotts and the same group of guys without any you know, they saw some success going into 2019. They thought, okay, we're finally toward, getting towards our year or closer. And and then it's only been first-round exits for them since. So I know – By game, I'm, I'm getting out of there. Well, like, he's proved his loyalty to me. And at this point, it's it's just so sad to watch. No, it's hard. 
to watch. I, I doubt he leaves. I think he's too loyal. And he's on that, he just, his extension kicks in next season. So I think he just decides to stay, but to maybe control more. Maybe he stays another year before he realizes, nah, he's really, he really should leave. I think you're, you're right. He should leave if he wants to actually win something. But I think he's so loyal that he, he'll stay at least another year before he figures it out. But did you see, like, what he said after the Nugget series? Like, there's something about, like, there's only so much preparation, so much you could do. Yeah. Um, and to me, that just sounds like frustration and, like, why hasn't Portland helped them, him out? And how, how, just how many years they've let this go on? Yeah. Well, they haven't been very well managed. Their front office hasn't managed their salary cap that well. They've had to make, they've made moves within the wiggle room they've had, but they weren't all the moves they should have made. Obviously they needed something more and they definitely, even, even the Aaron Gordon trade, you know, Portland would have been a great fit for Aaron Gordon too. He could have been successful there too. And that would have really increased their odds of winning for sure. But they weren't able to do that because they have been mismanaged with their money. So uh, they're also looking, I guess their ownership is looking to sell. And if Dame were to leave, selling that team is going to be impossible, you know? So they're going to do whatever they can to keep Dame there so that they can, the owner can sell the team. And when they get a new owner, hopefully they can um, either put pieces around Dame or let Dame go on his way because he absolutely has proven to everyone in the world that he is loyal there's no I think that's why people respect him so much even when he's losing you know oh yeah I I give he's one of the few loyal people left in the NBA it's just like it's just sad but I do disagree that I don't think it'll be hard to sell just because NBA teams right now just have such high value and very wealthy people want to get in on it yeah um but I can it would be super dope to see an owner just take him out of Portland and put him in Seattle <laughs> that won't happen that Portland team is way too loved in Portland but you're right NBA teams is like a guaranteed profit to if you buy in so yep. uh, it it'd be you would think it'd be easy to sell but if as an owner are you going to want to purchase a team that's going into a straight rebuild with no superstar how are you going to sell tickets how are you going to sell merchandise how you just said the the loyal portland fans some of the best fans they'll always buy tickets just like oklahoma city yeah i mean i don't know how many people are even watching games in okc i know i sure didn't I didn't, but I could tell you every time I did turn them on, that stadium was as full as it could be. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. It's going to be an interesting offseason, that's for sure, especially since um, L.A. was booted in the first round, too. How excited were you to see LeBron go home crying? He walked right off the court and didn't shake mm. hands with nobody. Little petty. Of course he didn't. You know, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing to see. To say happiness was radiating was would be an understatement. <laughs> I did post lots of things, and I've had so many people sliding up wondering why I have, like, so much LeBron hate. <laughs> and I'm like, there's just so many things that trigger me about LeBron. Either it be 
comments that are not necessary or never recognizing Nicole Jokic or just like the littlest or excuses, excuse, like everything. It's just, he irks me. And it was just so beautiful for him to just leave that court and lose in the first round. Like I'll forever be grateful to the the Phoenix Suns for that. (laughs) You hate LeBron because he's not Michael Jordan and because everyone wants to make him Michael Jordan. That's why you don't like LeBron more than anything. Yeah, that's one of them because they people really are trying to call LeBron the GOAT with a losing finals record and only four rings. Like what? What? Is this is this generation losers? Oh man. And well, excuse it, I mean it makes like they always say like millennials like people from my generation are always making excuses not to work or blah 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 and it, it correlates perfectly with LeBron <laughs> I don't know about it that does. I think LeBron has won quite a bit for himself but I was ha- as happy as you were to see the, the Lakers and LeBron to go home packing I mean mostly because I called it you don't invest in Anthony Davis I'm sorry but he is a broken record and he will break again you can put him put tape around this guy you can fix him you can he does not – there's something about his offseason. He's not taking care of his body. I don't know what he's doing, but there's something that you can't trust him to actually be on the floor when you need him to be on the floor and healthy. And I just – I knew from the get-go when everyone was saying, oh, the, I, I mean, I was annoyed because I didn't think he was going to go to L.A. And then everyone was like – because I was hoping that the league would not allow that to happen. And yet he did, and – it was great, not that he's injured, but great that he uh, was unable to play and that they were unable to be successful because they put all of their eggs in two baskets in the LeBron AD basket, I guess, and they weren't healthy. Uh, and the rest of that team is pretty, pretty trash. So <laughs> it was, no, my favorite thing I think that's happened in the last few days is so LeBron kind of prepared himself for this first exit loss by when he came back, he said he doesn't think he would ever be a hundred percent after injuring his ankle. Mm -hmm. And then today after the Nets whooped the Bucks, Mm -hmm. someone asked Kevin Durant, did you ever think you were not going to be a hundred percent? He goes, or did you ever think you'd get be back to a hundred percent? He said, of course I did. (laughs) And I was like, yep, that's the difference right there. When you know you're going to lose or you know you're going to win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to give Kevin Durant some credit because that is his, his injury was a gazillion times more severe. Like that's actual injury that you might not come back from. Right. We've like, seen a lot of players not come back from. It's literally biologically known like that a lot of people can't come back from it. And LeBron, poor baby LeBron had a sprained ankle. Mm-hmm come on (laughs) yeah it's just funny it's funny how it works I I've always said like not only is the NBA amazing because you have the best athletes in the world and you just get to watch this amazing game basketball but it could also be its own reality tv show it really could it really really could um 
one of the things that made me happy to see the the Lakers exit was just the fact that I feel like their coach, like Frank Vogel does not know what the hell he is talking about. I've told you this before when he's mic'd up for one of like for TV and they like go to him in the huddle and he's like, come on guys, like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, you know, exactly. He doesn't say shit. Like he says nothing. And then he, they're like, he's like, okay, let's go hands in. And like, you're like, what did he just say when, when they had, um, even, okay. Even doc rivers mic'd up in that game against Atlanta. He was actually saying important things. Like he actually gave advice to his team tonight, Mike Malone, they go to him in the huddle and he's like, it's a great environment in here. Right. They got us hyped. Let's go. You know, like he's actually uh, like understandable, audible, like sentences that make sense. Frank Vogel, I swear to God, he's just in there like grunting or something. I don't even know if he does any. No, this is what happens before the game. LeBron goes, okay, say these couple words in the huddle. And I'm just going to tell the team what they need to do. <laughs> <laughs> so much Laker hate on this pod all the time. You can all. <laughs> honestly, it's sad because I'll be the first to tell you I was a big LeBron fan. Like, I really was. All like, to this day, that 2016 finals when the Cavs won was honestly probably one of the most memorable moments of me watching sports, like tear shed. Mm. And I was so happy for LeBron in the city of Cleveland and just, it was just remarkable to witness. But as soon as he left to L- go to LA, it's like this man really thought that he was going to be the number one actor and star in Hollywood. And two, just think he knows all things now that he's in LA yeah, and can control all things. And it's just, I mean, it makes me sad, but at the same time, it's like, it sucks. It is what it is. I mean, he's getting older, so he doesn't have that much longer, but you know, for all the people hating on me for hating LeBron, I did like LeBron. I really love, I have a Jersey. I have a Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, I know when he was in in Miami, even when he went back to Cleveland, it was like easier to not hate him in in a way because at least he was still making an effort to to win these series. Uh putting I mean when he was in Miami, there was hate because of the big 3, like uh same thing. Right. When he but went, like that was it was like even worse than that. Yeah, like okay so he made he did a bad thing and he went too far out on the big three thing okay I didn't yeah he got cocky with that but you know what at the end of the day that was the worst thing he did in Miami okay and then the coolest thing is when he wrote that amazing letter him or his PR staff I don't know when he says I'm gonna come home and we're gonna get Cleveland one and what did he do he fulfilled it yeah and that was incredible like I don't care who hated LeBron at the time. You had to be like, damn, he did that in a city that always seems to be losers. Yeah. So, yeah, like, of course I love LeBron then. It's just now it's just like, it's a whole different persona and a whole different brand that I'm just not on board with. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole Lakers playing bully ball all season just because they know they'll get the calls from the refs. It's just annoying. You know, it's like, it's not just, okay, let's make a super team, but also let's join a super franchise that has the most influence on the NBA also. 
or one of the most influence on the NBA. You know, when he went to Miami, it wasn't like Miami was this team prior to that, that people considered a big dominating team in the NBA, like the Knicks or the Celtics or the Lakers, these teams. And even now it's like, nobody thinks the Knicks bad about the Knicks. It's always Celtics Lakers for the most part, but I just know it's just annoying that he always seems to have to join somebody else that's bigger than him. And it's like, you're the biggest thing in the league, man. Like, what exactly? Yeah. 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 And it's like, it's like, okay, you look at the two other best players in the league or like in the past 10 years, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. They don't ever try to do the same shit ever. I mean, ever. people that's just not it. normal. People might say they had tried to do the same when they made their not, own three, but not even, like, but not, I mean, like outside of basketball in the way Le- LeBron also tries to control the NBA, you never see Steph Curry and Kevin Durant do that. And they are big, big stars. Like those three guys are our, our generational players mm-hmm. and they don't try to pull this shit. Just go play basketball, man. That's it. And more importantly, the MVP of the 2021 NBA season, which will likely be announced at Wednesday, or excuse me, Friday's game three here in Denver, because they'll probably oh, yeah. have to do it when he's at home, never talks about anything in the NBA or conversation. He's an ideal prototype. <laughs> if I could have every, every star be like Nikola Jokic, I would, I because he is perfect. NBA star to me he really is he represents NBA better than anyone yeah that's just how it is he is really an all-around genuinely like he the perfect exactly what you would want in a star player he doesn't have any sort of scandals like it's not like Devin Booker who's got like three Instagram baby mamas or uh you know like even Chris Paul who ends up choking in the in the playoffs and he's also the president of the NBA uh, Players Association as well like he's got his hands in you know other pots as well in the NBA he's just he's just Nikola Jokic he goes home to his wife all they care like he likes to play video games in his free time and spend time with his family and otherwise he's on the court literally yeah. work. that's he's all just he like does. he's just like that that old school kind of dude like he reminds me of like a star like a Carl Malone in the 90s like he just goes out there gives his best game he has this great personality that he shows all the time just it never gets to be shown by public tv and just because he's not on twitter or instagram doesn't make him any less of a less of a star more power to him right right I don't need to be on those on social media yeah. to be a star. You guys still talk about me whether I'm yeah. or not. So I bet he has the attitude of just like I'm just gonna do my job. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great to watch and it's been an awesome season. I really, really, really still doubt that there's potentially a chance that he could lose the MVP like I still have doubt. there's no way if there is I I don't know if I can watch the NBA the rest of the season <laughs> I'm not even kidding a lot like, of- because you know that would be a direct influence of LeBron James yeah. and let me tell you something 
if LeBron James doesn't give him a shout out when he wins MVP, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna be pissed. So pissed. You what have if no he idea. Doesn't give him a shout out because KD can pick it. What if KD doesn't give him a shout out? KD didn't pick him for his All Star team. Yeah, KD also didn't come out and say Steph Curry was MVP. Yeah, that was pretty messed up. That was such yeah. a shock. So you better bet your apples that LeBron James would have come out there and correct himself and congratulate him. Le- LeBron only said that because he had to face Steph Curry in that game. And he was like, just There's so many reasons why LeBron surely said that. to the MVP. There's so many reasons why LeBron James said that. But at the end of the day, he owes them a congratulations. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, everyone in the NBA hopefully owes him a congratulations. He's played an amazing season. He's done. Especially LeBron, though. It's the people that said Steph Curry should be the MVP. Those are the people I want to hear from. What are the Everyone people else like who that said Dame was? What? What about the people who said Dame was the MVP? What, the Portland fans? Yeah, and, and there were some other people. You know, his own teammates and stuff. It actually okay. is hilarious you watch the games and like everyone's cheering mvp when dame when dame shooting free throws and i'm like nikola Jokic is on the floor people that's awkward okay (laughs) but that's like his home court like and it's also if it's coming from your own fan base and like whatever i'm talking about like people whose voice was shared by millions Mm -hmm. that had it so incorrect and so disrespected yeah no that's true I hope he does win it. I don't know why I still have doubt in my mind because I've had several other like people who even get a vote in a say in it say like they doubt that he could put he could lose it, but you know, there's still doubt because nug life and somehow we nug get life. sometimes. So that's nug sure. life. That's nug life. Yeah. I tell people about nug life and the Charlotte Hornet organization and they just die laughing. <laughs> The Charlotte oh life because they live nug life quite a bit themselves. Yeah, but people in Charlotte can watch the games. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it is. When I tell them about this whole, because like, you know, interviewing for different positions at the Hornets, whatever, uh, they always say, "Why didn't you work for Denver?" Mm. That's always the main question. And I said. Personally, I don't like how their media is ran because it seems like a monopoly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of explained the situation to them, and they were just in disbelief that the NBA hasn't stepped in. Yeah, as are uh, Nuggets fans. And, you know, in, at the end of the day, when this TV deal expires, the only people that it's, I mean, it's been hurting Nuggets fans up until now. But when the TV deal expires, the people it will hurt are the players and the team because that directly affects their revenue, their take home. And they're not going to be able to pay players the same amount if they can't get a good TV deal that will actually pay out. So it's kind of ridiculous, the whole situation. No, the worst was the the PR release um, when people were complaining about not watching the game. I think it was like one of the games in the Portland series and they released a statement saying like sorry we couldn't come to a reasonable deal with comcast or whatever like 
they were putting it all on the providers. Yep. And I'm like, y'all are a freaking joke. A joke. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so both sides of the argument put it on past the book to the other side, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, what? This It's just, how come any other market doesn't have an issue with this? Hmm? It just makes no, no sense. Well, there was a time when the LA Dodgers weren't on TV for people in LA. So. Yeah, there was a time, but like it's a rarity and it's wrong. And what they're doing is a monopoly, which is illegal. Yeah. Um, so, so hopefully yeah. they can figure it out because the people it hurts, it makes me hurt for the most is, is the Nuggets fans because they love that team. Yeah. They shouldn't have to legally watch it on their computer. Right. <laughs> you shouldn't have to stream a stream something that should be on local television for you to watch it is pretty pretty bad pretty ridiculous and obviously some people do get altitude if as long as you don't have comcast but comcast is 90 something percent of the houses here in denver so yeah so it's the main provider um yeah so it it's tough it's been a rough two years of no Denver Nuggets basketball and no Avalanche, both of which who are teams contending for championships. The Avalanche were heavily favored to win the Stanley Cup this year, and yet no one knows about it. In fact, I saw a tweet from, um, gosh, uh, Jeff Morton, and he was saying something about how he went to Starbucks and he asked a, a few people, the people in line, hey, did you know the Nuggets are playing tonight in a game that could end either that could end the series and they were like oh really who are they playing against <laughs> like nobody even knew who they were playing against in the line at starbucks that's sad that's it's sad because so so it's also the prime time i feel like of nuggets basketball right they have an mvp they're gonna make finals runs when jamal comes back it's just it's just sad make finals runs they did make a finals run last year and nobody watched it nobody could watch it unless you streamed it went out of your way to like find it you know it's unfortunate for a whole generation of fans it's not it's not right it's not okay there's got to be a solution that comes to it and and when um i know like monte morris commented on it a little bit and he was just like it's a bummer that fans can't watch or something and i was like actually bro it's gonna be a real bummer when it affects your wallet and that'll be when the nba will stop it once players are like what the hell this is affecting my money take that i'm taking home they'll for sure have to step in at that point because you know the the players association will say something and it'll it'll hopefully get handled but it's been absolutely ridiculous up to this point if it doesn't get resolved for the next contract in the next season then some something legally needs to happen a hundred percent yeah someone like actually needs to invest their time into figuring this out yeah well you would think somebody would have been like somebody from the nuggets maybe by now but but that's just me that's, <laughs> that's just us we're crazy we love basketball so you know who knows if anybody else feels the way we feel if you take it from us we will cut you <laughs> <laughs> well uh, before we wrap up today, Rye, I did want to put you on notice about something. I have recently been 
following, well, I mean, obviously we all, we've been following our good fearless leader at Denver Stiffs, Ryan Blackburn, but, and you know, I love Ryan. He's an awesome author, uh, writer, definitely should read the work that he does on Denver Stiffs. He's a great boss, but I'm going to troll him a little bit here because I don't know if you've noticed, but like all playoffs, Ryan's favorite go-to phrase in the playoffs is good Lord. And I have good Lord. There are so many tweets where he tweets out good Lord and then something, something, something. So good Lord campaign. That's one May 25th. Also on May 25th, good Lord. Nikola Jokic has a 37.3 usage percentage, 70% TS percentage, true shooting percentage and 8.9 turnover percentage through two playoff games. And also on May 25th, Good Lord, good God! I hope the Suns win. And they're going up against. They're probably going to church or something. <laughs> I don't know, but next podcast, please bring your best Good Lord Ryan Blackburn tweets, and we'll continue to troll him secretly until he <laughs> listens to this episode and and writes me about it. We love you, though, Ryan. We really do. He's no matter if you have. Ten gazillion good lords. You're still this is just from the same day. These three are from the same day. There's plenty more out there. So everyone go give Ryan a hard time for his good lord tweets. It's so funny. There's like a couple of different phrases he uses, but good lord pops up quite a bit. Um it's been a pleasure chatting with you, Riley. Even though the Nuggets lost tonight, I'm going to take a page out of Nikola Jokic and Michael Malone's book and not get too low and not get too high. And I still got Nuggets in six. So <laughs> we hope that they get a win. Game two will be on Wednesday. Game three will be on Friday. And hopefully we'll hear the announcement of your 2021 NBA League MVP Nikola Jokic that'll be amazing definitely follow at Vita Viva Diva so you can see all of the live video from that night and the ceremony or whatever they do for Nikola on Friday and follow Riley at Riley Biller Twitter and Instagram thanks for listening to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast on Denver Stiffs Network we'll be back soon thanks guys